Hello and welcome to episode 211 of Three Bears and Movie. I am Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Hey Colin. Again. Again? I've became like a regular now, haven't I? Again, you I'm, became, back you, to, I'm back to back regular to, status. I'm back to my rightful, my rightful place in the podcast. You're back to what you should be as a co-creator of, of this monstrosity. <laughs> um, you're, you're back in charge. Yeah. Um, Here's me boasting like it's a thing. It's like, yeah, you should be, you idiot. Yeah, you should be. It's, it's not, it should be up to me to go and try and wrangle together people to try and try and do this, this, this thing. Um, yeah, so once again, we're doing this from home again over Zoom because the world is still a bit chaotic and we really don't know where to go and also... Can't really yeah. moving today. So, plus you stay like a million miles away now. You're I do. Like, oh, I, am I, am very, yeah. I am very countrified now. I am living somewhere that's sort of it's not exactly the easiast to, to wander out from now. It's like the village of the damned. It's just this wee like kind of hamlet in the middle of nowhere. I've said there's nothing there's with an expanse of void outside of that as well. That kind of is. I mean, we are walking up. We are walking up most mornings to the smell of you know the farmer spraying his fields with his um. The manure, so it's it's a. Let me say it, it definitely gets you you moving in the morning when you, you realise that's coming through the windows. I've got this vision of you waking up like Snow White now, all these birds chirping at your window, and no, it's, it's more like you know me just going like Jesus, that that, that manure is of, of a potent variety today. Um, yeah, so yeah, not maybe not quite easy to get to do once where. Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll start with as we always do. What are you drinking tonight? Are you drinking anything of interest tonight? Oh, tonight I am drinking Camden Hills. Oh, I like Camden Hills. It's nice. Uh-huh, uh-huh. See, from, from Marks and Spencer's Camden Very Hills, nice. list, which means it tastes even better. Yeah, it's expensive. <laughs> expensive beer. Um, so, yeah, it's quite it's quite a nice one. I've had it quite a few times. I think I'd never really tried it, and then Lorraine tried it one night and I had some, and it's, it's nice. a kind of crisp, fresh-tasting beer. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I, I was going to go to the brewery when I was down in London last time, but, um, like after a Peril Jam gig, um, but that all went awry, so I, I was not in the mood to go and just... Mm. I was hungover basically Colin I couldn't bother going um, yeah, so. well, yeah that, that was a horror story for another time but yes. yeah I remember I remember you telling me all about it yes so um, yes well, apparently it's really nice beer um, I like the Camden, mm. Camden stuff cracking beer what are you drinking I'm really I have got mine is coming from a different mine is coming from Chicago oh okay They're from the great state of Illinois and it's, called, it's from Temperance Brewery uh, uh-huh. and it's called Karaoke Tears Karaoke Tears wow yes. that's and it's a, what's that on the can? What's it? It's just like sort of like almost like sort of modern art, kind of, kind of like sort of like kind of very fancy, kids. yeah, kind yeah. of bluish fancy can. Wow, well, yes. what is um, it? An IP? What is it? An IPA? An India Pale Ale, uh, about six mm-hmm. percent, uh, a wee hazy wow. one. It's definitely it's got a kick to it. Um, I will not lie. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a very nice, probably a wee bit stronger than we'd probably be having on a, a Thursday night or work tomorrow morning. But we'll yeah. see how it goes. Yeah, we'll be fine. So we'll be fine. We'll be fine. We can have we can have a hangover together. Yes, we can. Over one beer. That's that's what we're at these days. (laughs) I'm such. I'm a lightweight. I can do that. Sometimes I have like two beers, and the next morning I wake up and my head is just in a horrible place. I think it's absolutely. I'm absolutely. I'm I'm dreading the the next sort of like major night when we like I'm I'm compelled to go out and actually have more than one drink. You know, because it feels like it will absolutely nail me. Like I don't have any (laughs) function with it. You be out for a week. I think the most I've had is like maybe like three or four in the house, maybe one night, and that and I was that was only close to something like maybe like eight hours. You know, it's like it's not even you know it's like it's like yeah. two, one beer every two hours. So yeah, so I'm um, I'm dreading the, the the first big night out. Um, yeah. So we'll start, but there's not usually movie news between ourselves. What we'll start with today. Um, They've got one piece. One piece. Oh yeah, movie news. news. Oh, just just a wee story that, that I thought I would share with you because it really really warmed my heart. Um, so. You may or may not know that, that Colin frequently reads the Guardian um, newspaper. Okay. Um, 
I don't read the sun. Um, yeah, no, one the sun. no one should read the sun. No. Um, so I read the Guardian, um, and there was a, a little story in the, the entertainment section last week about um, it's, it's like the last video store in America, Britain, Britain, Britain oh, possibly. Okay. I want to say, and it's uh, down in London. It is. So this guy's decided that he wanted to open up a, a good old VHS video store. Yes. Um, and he used a lot of his personal collection for it, um, just to get it started. And he does things like, you know, a package deal where you can buy a cassette player and rent videos and stuff like that. So he's, he's, he's keeping it alive, man. Okay. And, you know, on uh, the interview, he's pretty much saying the same as what we were talking about last week, where so much film is getting lost now because yes. it's never, it's not digital, you know. So he's trying to keep alive some of these great films that, yes. you know, are one day going to be going. Um, but uh, what happened was, um, he found an ad um, up in for someone up in Dundee. I Dundee, it was. yeah, I, I know. So talking about yeah, up in Dundee, yeah, yeah. Who had um, like six lockers full of? It wasn't lockers. It was like prop, it was like garages, like proper like lock, yeah, garages. Like lock, so like garages. I think it was. I want to say fifty thousand films. Yes. Yeah. Um, so he made the trip from London up to Dundee. Picked all these up and took them back, and he's got this. You know, it's, it's more than doubled his collection. But yes. I just think it's like so beautiful and nice yeah. that somebody's. Keeping this alive, do you know what I mean? Like you can go into a fucking video shop and rent a video cassette. You can yeah, rent I mean, like kick kickboxer, you know, Star Wars. It's like wow, man. Let's put it out there, like VHS looks horrendous, right? There's, there's yeah. no there's no reason to watch VHS if you can get anything better than VHS. But yeah. I do like the fact he's keeping films alive and uh, sort of um indexed and, and libraried for yeah of ones that you can't simply get now, you know, and, and that is that's important because I'm reading a book just now called um, Women versus Hollywood. And, mm-hmm. and essentially it's all about how women have been sort of disenfranchised in the, in the film industry, because obviously they have since like sort of the very mm-hmm. early days. Yeah. A lot of this time she's the women who write in a book called Helen O'Hara is writing about it. She's basically saying this film doesn't exist. This film doesn't exist. This film no longer exists. It's based because they got lost either because the studio didn't care about them and just ditched them or they taped over them sometimes. You know? I've heard stories about that. Happened that. Yeah. Like BBC, the BBC as well had saw no value in like sort of you know keeping old episodes. So there's a whole episode of like sort of seasons of like shows from the 1940s and 50s that are just lost because they went. I just tip over the old stuff. They, they never had any sort of real reason to to retain this stuff. So it is important that film is retained. I think you know because like, there's yeah. so much stuff from like sort of the almost pre Hollywood era, particularly the silent era that's just mm. lost. That's that no longer exists, and that's just so Good. sad. It's going forever. I mean, and eventually the memory is going to die as well. Just now there'll be people kicking around and still remember, but you know, a generation's time, that's it. It is virtually, yeah, it's gone. Never it's starting to start like 19, again. I mean, starting like 1910 was sort of the major start of it. So people who are alive now, they'd be like 110 years old. So if anyone who's alive yeah. is now who can even remember that, it's probably gone. You know, it's, it's in the hands of like a few sort of people who are. You know, aficionados of it who enjoy who are trying to create it and things like that. So yeah, I, like I said, mm. the idea of buying a VHS right now sounds horrendous. I would never do it because it sounds it is something that it looks awful. I don't want to watch a film in that format. But I do get the whole point of trying to store these films and try to make sure they are kept alive, just so everything you need to do a digital transfer so they are retained for even longer. Oh, yeah, sure um, we've we've got. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but we've got a, a combi in the house, so we've got a DVD VCR combi. In the oh house. wow! So we still we've, still, we've got a, a whole bunch of videotapes. So yeah. now and again, we do still put on videotapes at home as well. I would pay is... money to have my Jurassic Park tape back. 
Yeah. Oh. I had that. I don't think we've got that. Um, yeah, so, um, I, I remember I, I watched it so much that I ran the tape down, like it was literally gone. <laughs> but I remember being, I remember when I was like, I, I must be like, it came out in '93, so I probably got it for my Christmas, or maybe '94, maybe maybe my birthday '93, maybe '94, something like that. Out, I remember being like beyond excited to get the Jurassic Park video. Um, I can imagine, like you know, like you get the kind of classic porn where you pause it a certain bit becomes faded, but you'll be like Jurassic Park, the T Rex. I think it'll just be yeah. like no, <laughs> don't wore the weighty bits. Pause, pause, pause. pause, pause. Yes, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And I, I, like my entire video collection for a long time was, was all ex rental stuff. I used to I used to go to Global Video, which was in Irvine, and they yeah. would put they would at the end of like a film's run, you could buy it for like fifty pence. Yeah, like yeah, from the. You know, used to do some blockbuster as well, didn't uh-huh. I? So I used to do it with used to love just browsing, you know, just picking up tapes. Brilliant, you could yeah. get so many cool stuff. Yeah, I had a massive tape collection. I used to have tons of films that I'd like I taped off the TV and things like that. So I had a massive, like, it was like you, I could work out you could get roughly four films to a tape if you put it on long play. Yeah, you uh-huh. get roughly four to a tape, and I was, um, that was all my tapes. <laughs> and then so if I wanted to watch like the film that was number three on the list, I had to, like, you know, wind forward through two different movies to get to the. <laughs> To get to Tremors, because I didn't have Tremors, I only had Tremors off the TV. <laughs> but I think the, the, the interview was saying, or the guy in the interview was saying that, that there is a resurgence, it's kind of like became like, kind of vinyl, that idea, do you know what I mean? Where there yeah. is a niche market that still want that, that kind of pure form. So I think there mm. is, like, you know, maybe it's a bit hipsterish, but there is there is a market for it, do you know what I mean? I think it's it is quite, hipsterish, but if, you, nice, they're not harming anyone doing it. But I saw my, yeah. my little cousin was talking about like, picking up like cassette tapes to listen to music and going, why? It sounds like shit. <laughs> like, it sounds fucking awful. I, I get that as well. I think me and Andy were going to try and record some music on an old four track we had. Right, um, okay. we, we didn't quite kind of pull it off, but it was just, uh, again, that, that nostalgic. Yes. Kind of, you know, old school, man, you know, fucking hard core physical piece of tape do you know what I mean and dials and knobs and stuff like that um, a few I, bands I I've seen recently put the, like a, few, a couple of bands I've seen recently who I follow put out new albums they put like obviously you can get it on download you can get it on CD you can get it on record but like a few of them are doing like, mm. sort of limited pressings of like you can get it on tape and I'm thinking why why would you want it's, it on tape like what is the purpose to have it well just to see you have it essentially yeah, I guess way. it's just those music purists that are you know that they hark for, for, for better days do you know I, mean? I don't know how how different the sound is as well I don't know if you maybe get a kind of warmer possibly. Kind of sound as well yeah. do you know what I mean like, like with kind of film you know you'll get like a kind of Maybe a kind of more in-depth, kind of lusher, kind of screaming a DVD, whereas you'll yeah. get it in a more kind of, you know, the original, here's how it was filmed on VHS, perhaps. True, you know possibly, I mean? possibly. Um, so I think maybe that's an, an element of it. But it's, it's, it's just a nice wee story, and it would be, be, ha- be happy, man. Well, it's no different from, like, why why do I keep buying books when I could just get a, I could just get them on Kindle? You know I mean? Honestly, yeah. there's, diff- there's no real difference, but I, I, you like the physical book, you know? Yeah, ah, it's that, that, yeah, I've got the book. I can feel the book. I can touch the book. I've yeah. read the book. I'm done with it. Yeah, I get, I get it, man. Same idea. Um, so that's the movie news this week. So I, I saw that story. I did. See, I, I thought of. Um, I did have to think of you when I saw this. I meant to text it on to you actually. That's a quite a wee sweet story. Um, so we're we, fucking nerds, man. Pair of nerds. Um, right. So before we jump into the cinema viewing, have you watched anything at home of note that you want to sort of bring to the floor? Um, not particularly of note. I'm still chewing my way through Cheers. So I've been watching a few episodes of Cheers. Um, <laughs> okay. Have you? Been, have you been watching What If on Disney? I'm going to say that I'm going to leave it to the end till we've seen them all. But I've happy. I've watched the first three. Um, I've only seen two, so hang okay. on the third one. Um, wasn't a huge fan of the first one because no, 
it was just the same story with different faces. It didn't really offer much new. Yeah. The second one, which is um, the first one's all based on the idea that Agent Carter becomes Captain America, Captain, Captain America. Britain. Steve Captain doesn't America. get the rejection. Yeah. The second yeah. one um, is basically Guardians of the Galaxy, but rather than um, uplifting uh, yeah, Peter Quill, Peter Quill again. the uplift T'Challa. T'Challa, yeah, yeah. And it's how him being on board the, 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 what do they call that ship? Does the ship get a name? The, the, the Ravager's ship, I can't yeah. remember. It's, it, it's got a different name in both of them. Um, I would have Peter Quill, I can't remember. It was it's named anyway. after some pop star. Anyway, yeah, but... so whatever ship, he's, whatever ship he's on, how do people react differently to having, rather than having Peter Quill, who they can sort of mould and they can sort of, Make into sort of basically kind of a scoundrel essentially. So yeah. Charles, he's, he's kind of as a boy, but he's already got that kingly presence and that idea of right and wrong and how he would change their mentality. So it's like tons of yeah. ravengers into almost like a Robin Hood type force. You know, they rob from the rich, yeah. give to the poor, and you know they, yeah. they change the mind of Thanos for God's sake. You yeah. know, just by yeah. sitting there and having a conversation and stuff like that. So it was brilliant. I brilliant. really enjoyed. I really yeah. dug that one. I dug that it one. It was a just big, big nice way. to see them take. You know, we know the story. Here's you know. Been something totally different with that yes. circumstance, and it really worked in a big way. How was this week's one? This week's one was interesting. It, it tied in a lot of the movies because it said it's basically what if the Avengers never happened? Someone's taken out the Avengers before the Avengers become the Avengers. Um, oh. So it's how they would change, how that would affect when Loki comes to Earth, based on what would Loki do, essentially. Oh, so cool. it, 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 it was it was maybe a nice middle zone between the first two. The first one I thought had too much of just following the same story. Um, and just having different faces on it. But the, sec- the, third, the second one, total, it was like, what I liked about the what if was just taking a completely alien concept of like, not just what if Flash got bitten by the spider, you know what I mean? It's, it's sort of, yeah. it's actually changing, it's actually making a different story altogether. Yeah, and changing the yeah. It's not just T'Challa doing what Star Wars will do. He makes fundamentally different choices and different decisions. And it changes the whole universe around him. Yeah. Right, uh-huh. yeah. Whereas yeah. Uh, this one's sort of the middle ground. There's some changes in it, but there's not enough changes in it to make it that interest, that, 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 that doesn't quite top the, the second one. Definitely the T'Challa one is definitely my, um, my favourite so far. Do you know which one I'm looking forward to most of all? I, I don't know the titles, I'm sorry. What are they? Uh, right, the sixth one is Marvel Marvel Zombies. Oh, is it? Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, Marvel, interesting. Marvel fucking Zombies, dude. I, like, I didn't realise they are doing Marvel see, Zombies. We're going to see Marvel Zombies. Like, wow. The best we've got so far so... is a, a tiny glimpse of um, zombie Iron Man at one point. And is in Spider Man, the second Spider Man, when he's getting when um, Mysterio's doing the the bit in the oh, warehouse, yeah, and you yeah, see Spider Man yeah. come out the grave. You, you, it's not really uh-huh. Marvel, it's, it's a hint of Marvel zombies, is what I'm saying. I so, guess, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, the, the zombies one, I'm so so excited about that. It's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, I didn't, I, even I didn't even if they just stick with the storyline for that as it is, uh-huh. I'll be happy with that because uh-huh. it's. Phenomenal stuff. Yeah. Um, one last thing, uh, since we're on Marvel, um, the Spider-Man trailer as well. No way Enjoyed home. it. It looks fun. It looks good. Nice to see Doc Ock back. He's one of my favourite characters in it. Um, Absolutely. Uh, the way Molina plays him as well, I think there's a real sadness to that character, and he actually brings a lot of like, pathos yeah. to him. Yeah. Um, so I'm really looking forward to doing that. I text you about it at the time. The only thing that's making me a wee bit disappointed about it is that the, the Spider-Man films all tend to go very big very quickly in the terms of the yeah. run of the series. I, I like the first one, the Homecoming. Is it Homecoming? Yeah, the first one of this new run. Yeah. Yeah. But it felt small. It felt like he was your friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man. He's solving quite a small scaleness. You know, this again seems very big. Yeah. You know, yeah. even the Spider-Man 2 with Doc Ock, the one that Sam Raimi done, that, that felt just about the right level of where Spidey should be, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, it was like kind of big, but it kept it contained within, you know, Spider-Man's, his own universe. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. I like, that's what I liked about that one. This one seemed, again, it's maybe, we all remember the, the, the problem with the number three, when it was like way too many villains and all that kind of stuff. So that I'm hoping it doesn't fall into that trap of having, you know, like so many villains that you lose interest type thing. I think into the Spider-Verse is probably conditioned yes. slightly no, so definitely, that definitely, yes. people will be thinking I'm going to get this but live action yes. so I think maybe that will be a saving grace for it possibly or possibly something that could kill off because like Sp- Spider-Verse is still my is probably my favourite version of the Spider-Man character on screen so far and um, so to 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 have that hanging over you it's, it's quite a big thing to have hanging yeah, over you definitely um, what I did like was um, the, the Green Goblin bomb I'm hoping Defoe's in it. I'll be so, so excited if he is. There's a chance to write because what you want is Defoe in it, but no metal mask. Put him in a rubber mask. Put him just because yeah. he's one of the most expressive. Or just don't, don't even put mask him. Just paint it, his face. Yeah. <laughs> he's got such an expressive face. That he, why would you put a metal mask on that guy? That's know, That was one. That was a major fault of that first Spider-Man film. Because that first Spider-Man film is genuinely fantastic. Uh, yeah. There's some, so much good stuff in it, but putting William Defoe or Willem Defoe, sorry, in a metal mask that doesn't move, it's like, oh, why, why do that to one of the most? Yeah. It's a bit like when they done it with Apoc- uh, X Men Apocalypse, and they put what's his name, uh, thingy in the, the mask. Um, oh, I know who you mean, Oscar Isaacs. In the Oscar mask, Isaac, yeah. one of the most. Yeah. Are, like, he, not not so extreme, but V for Vendetta as well. Hugo Even, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't, why do, I mean, he can act from a mask. He can still yes. speak. You know, you're like, why you can, don't do this? Do but the difference is that the reason that a mask is iconic, you need to have that. Whereas the goblin, you didn't need to put a goblin in a metal like sort of mask. Yeah. You, could easily, you could have done a rubber style mask or sort of done something like mask style. You know, like Jim Carrey in a mask or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you can still see the expression coming through. Um, yeah. So that was, a bit of, that was a bit of a shame. But you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I love Spider Man. I've lost Spider Man since I was a wee boy, so I'm, I'm always down for any sort of incarnation yeah. of it. Yeah. And, um, so I'm, I'll be first in line to see it. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It'll be, it'll be absolutely, fun. absolutely. What about um, our last one, Shang Chi? Um, looking forward to it next Friday. Um, mm-hmm. Trailer looks interesting. I've heard very solid reports so far of it as well. Um, I'm not the biggest martial arts fan in terms of movies. Like, it's not really something mm-hmm. that's a, I can enjoy it in an action movie, but I'm not like sort of a martial arts guy. Yeah. Um, so that might I don't know if that'll maybe leave me a little bit cold. Um, oh, that's interesting because I'm I'm. Massive martial arts fan. You grew up um, on like Bruce Lee and like Kung Fu yeah, and stuff like that, but I, I wasn't. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah, so it's, it's I, don't, I don't know the character Shang Chi at all. Though. Like I have no, I've never read the character. I, I don't know anything about this character. So it's a brand new character for me as well. Same, very much so for me because he's been sort of mm. he came out in the seventies, basically as a response to the, the sort of the rise and in interest in Kung Fu in the seventies with um, Bruce Lee and such. Like, I yeah. think the character when you when you read the character back in the day, he was definitely on the sort of dodgy end of the, of like the racial stereotype he certainly wasn't a woke yeah. character um, yeah. and i think they have to do a lot like particularly the mandarin as well with a character who was very much just your stereotypical you know racist villain so they're going to yeah. try and sort of bring that back um but again I, I'm, I'm kind of this is probably the first marvel film i'm going to very very cold as in i really don't know the, the eternals as well coming out i don't know much about them yeah. but yeah. Um, I, I knew enough about Captain Marvel to know what we're getting into. I knew enough about Black, I mean, I, I was a big fan of Black Panther as a kid, so I was really looking forward to that one. Um, mm. Even Guns of the Galaxy, I knew enough that I knew what kind of to expect because I knew I was a fan of James Gunn as well. But with this one, yeah. I really don't know what to expect. But I'm intrigued by it, I'm excited by it. And it looks, Look at, yeah, looks um, good. I, the, the first trailer that came out, I, I was like, kind of, I didn't really know. Um, and then this new trailer that's out mm. just now, that's the one that's, that's 
hook me, you know, I'm like, yeah. I want, I want to see this, you know. It looks I'm, like they've I'm got the abomination from Hulk, which I'm really intrigued by because I thought Tim Roth was awesome as the abomination. Yeah, um, yeah, and also Fing Fang Foom maybe in it as well. Which is, yeah, who was a he was like quite a big player in the early Iron Man series, Fing yeah. Fang uh-huh. And and the Mandarin as well, yeah. and you know they just they never ever done it. So it would be really nice to see thing him coming back. And fortunately, they can't really time in with Iron Man anymore. Yeah, but it would, would be nice to see to see the character there. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. So no, I'm definitely I'm all up. I said I'm bored for the Marvel stuff. I know as people are getting bored of it a lot. Maybe people are getting bored of it. I'm not one of the people who are getting bored of it. I want to yeah. see it. I want to enjoy it. I'm, it was, I've waited all my life to see this shit. To be honest, like, oh I'm, yeah, yeah, totally. And it will die eventually, but until it does, I'm the same as you. I'll, you know, I'll go and see yeah. them, and I'll, you know, even the worst ones will, you know, put a smile on my face. Oh, I've still seen I'm, something that I read as a kid getting put up on the screen. The fact that, like, sort of, we're actually gearing up right now for essentially Secret Wars and stuff. I'm like, like, genuinely, I can't believe we're gearing up for Secret Wars. Like, yeah. one of the most insane stories that ever happened in the Marvel Universe. It, made, it almost makes Which, it's really funny because when you say Secret Wars, I've, my, my Secret Wars is not your Secret Wars. Mm. Mine's is old school, old yeah. school. Like, I have read both. I have read yeah. both, yes. But yeah, it's sort of nuts that they're bringing this Which in. And the weird, fact, yeah. Even the fact that we, I know it's well, digressive, but even the fact we got a Black Panther film, I know Black Panther's an iconic character for like, for, like sort of the African American community and, it's, and he has a great mm. character. But there was yeah. no way you were going to get that character at any point. I felt like that was a completely like, that's, he's a B or C list character within, within the universe, you know, sort of. Um, You've done a great movie. One of the best Marvel films uh-huh. out there. Um, you know where this is all leading, don't you? You know which character this is all leading towards. The Moscow Namor? Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, that's it. This is all just, you know, that this is all stepping stones. And then we're just going to get to the pinnacle and it's going to be like submarine. Well, see, uh, the right fact they're getting, the fact they're, getting um, they're bringing in um, in a TV show, they're bringing in uh, Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah. Um, Silk as well. We heard that a Silk. Silk, yes, show. as well. Yeah, yeah so it's like, nuts, man. But a Moon Knight character, like, I'm like, a fucking Moon Knight TV show just is, like, utterly insane. Brilliant. I know, I know. Just Oscar Isaacs as well, you know, playing a batshit crazy vigilante who's, like, Batman, but fucking nuts. With four different multiple personalities in the city's head, you know? It's, like, it's nuts. Brilliant. Yeah, anyway, we shall move on before we we get come just talk about Marvel all night. Um, So you haven't watched it. The only thing I watched of No At Home, and I urge you not to watch this, it's it's on Amazon Prime, and it's called Lamageddon. (laughs) <laughs> have, you heard of, have you heard of this thing? Oh. <laughs> no. Lama again. It's about a llama, a space llama comes to Earth and basically starts killing rednecks and they have to try and kill the, the space llama. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it, Why it's did a, you watch this? Why? It actually had like four star reviews. I'm thinking, holy shit, this might be one of the things that's not like, it sounds terrible, but they've actually done it really well. You know, like for example, tremors can be awful, but they've done it really well, you know? Something like that, you know. So I kind of hope against hope they write something special. Um, it was not. It was truly one of the worst <laughs> I've ever seen. It was so badly acted. It was just, it was not even student level filmmaking. It felt like it was below that somehow. Oh, it was wow, just, man. Yeah, it so was, give, give me a camera and I'll give it a film. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> give them kudos for actually getting it made and somehow getting Amazon to pick it up in some way wow. and put it on the spit. Holy shit, man! Like, I have, as you know, I have watched some tripe in my life, and I will probably watch more tripe as the life goes on. But this is right at the bottom of like the absolute things. I'm like, what the fuck was I doing? Waste my time watching this. <laughs> it was like seventy-seven minutes long, and every minute of the seventy-seven was a wasted seventy-seven minutes. Oh wow, you are fucking brilliant, man! Yeah, is, um, but this is why we do it because you don't have to. 
Yeah, do not watch do not watch <laughs> Lamageddon. That's all I'm saying. Do not watch Lamageddon. Out of ten, what would you give it? Is it a one star? Oh, it's a one star. Oh, but no, it's wow, not. Man. It's actually it's actually probably like a, a like a zero star. It's not even a one star for me. Go like I want to watch that because it's kind of like it's so bad I want you to watch it. You know, like I Frankenstein, for example, was a one star film. But yeah. there's a certain amount of joy to watching that film. Like Starship Troopers 3 is a one star film, but it's like, you know what? It's so dumb that I want to keep watching it. This there was no joy in watching this whatsoever. It was just it's just bad. Do you think that there is a skill to doing to, to making a so bad it's good movie? The thing that's wrong with watching it is right now in sort of film lore, we have the film The Room or Room, the one you know, ah, I'm right, about, right. Yeah, the one doing people now see yeah, that yeah. as a as a piece of like sort of sarcastic genius. You know, they you know mm. they're going, they know what they're doing. They're being clever. They're being silly. They're sort of making yeah. fun of it and going, "No, they fucking weren't. They no, made that a was terrible a bad, fucking film. Bad movie." movie yeah. Tommy Wiseau came out years afterwards and said, "Oh, he, he picked up on the disaster artist uh-huh. and and cashed in saying, oh, you know, even before disaster artist, no. even before disaster artist was out, that was getting played at like in film festivals. A sort of like." Midnight screen and people loved it and people adored it, but that yeah. was not their intention. That film, that film, somehow been picked up and and people now see it as a great piece of like art. Somehow, I've seen it. It's fucking atrocious. It's, it's absolutely dreadful. terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not it's, a good film. It's not no. meant to be a, a no. funny film. It, it's a bad film. And it's a bad film. That's it. Yeah. And I think maybe absolutely. this is this is again might have been trying to go for that level of sort of like almost you know subculturally sort of that level. Uh, like almost we'll get to later on but almost like the video nasty type thing possibly that can be sort of like a subversive idea but it's just bad um, you can do it back you can do a bad film but it's well done like for example I would say the one that we both saw and we both don't know how we feel about it is that like um, Greasy Strangler yeah that's a bad film in many ways yeah, yeah but, but it's something... fucking great it's yeah brilliant. so th- there is a talent making a bad film well yeah you know and not just uh, making a bad movie and you give plots to anyone who puts it together, but sometimes these things don't work out. And that one is one of those logos. That's a fucking atrocious movie. Would um, you say Ro- Roger Corman's the king? Of the, the, the kind of so bad it's good, or would you say Yobel? Who's who's the who's the best? Um, I, I actually who's... don't mind some Corman's actually got some all right stuff out there. Like back in the day, yes, done some okay. Back stuff. in the yeah, back in the day, as he got older, yeah. it got more and like, it worse and worse and worse. But <laughs> some of his early stuff was actually pretty decent. Same with um, who was playing Ninth Out of Space. Uh, Edward. Edward. Some of his stuff's actually not horrendous. Yeah. You know, it it, yeah. it, 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 it almost like once people kind of picked up some of the silly stuff, he kind of leaned into that very heavily. Yeah. Um, Corman just looks cheap a lot of stuff. But then yeah. it looks, but it's made in the 1970s. So a lot of stuff, even something that's made with a lot of money in the 1970s, looks kind of cheap. But then that was that not kind of Corman stick was you know I'll make a film cheap and fast. Oh yeah, know, yeah, that is. That, that, what I'm saying that is would, that, that was his intention. You know, oh, like, boom, there you go. Boom, my boom, point boom, is, boom. if you make if you watch something that's sort of a bigger, like say a decent, like a bigger budget film from the 1970s, it can still look to our eyes quite cheap because yeah. production yeah, values weren't what they used to be, and it's sort of the sound can be a bit dodgy. You know, so if yeah. you watch some of the early content, it doesn't look any worse than say some of the really dodgy B movies from like the 1950s yeah. and 60s. You know, it doesn't look any worse. You know, some of the production values of something like Easy Rider aren't particularly great at times, you know, because mm. of, mm. you know, the, the time when it was shot and it's all, you know, some of the lighting's not great because of it, obviously the other stuff that film makes it a great movie, but stuff... Even things like Deathwish and stuff like that, uh-huh. do you know what I mean? It's like, as it's like a cheap, cheap movie and it, it shows, but the story makes it a great uh-huh. movie, but yeah. the, the, the kind of production itself, it's like, yeah, it's, it's not... You know, it's, it's not a fucking high-end productive movie. Yeah, yeah even like I bought um, for my birthday, I bought myself Jewel, the um, Steven Spielberg film. 
Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. It looks cheap at times. Yeah. Because, of, yeah. because it is. Yeah, because it's, it's done a shoestring budget. budget. It's, it's, and, it's yeah. cars crashing through, you know, like um, you know, crates and stuff like that, and you know, and it's yeah. like the same the same action shot is shown from like nineteen different angles stuff like that. So that's what common stuff we're doing. You know, the same idea, yeah. just better panache pulling off the guy like Spielberg and stuff like that. I like the fact your cat's sitting on your shoulders right now. I, I know you see this shit. This is. Yeah. Um, this is professional. So you see, I keep going after I've not... Keep not, going. Not I, I, the only person mentioned it was me, but I'm just looking at this wee cat sitting <laughs> on your shoulders, like, you know, like some sort of like mystic, what, like you're kind of um, like Cromley. Um, yeah, so this, this, this is the kit we mentioned um, four weeks ago now, three four weeks ago. ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is him advanced to jumping on my shoulder now, like a parrot, and joining in the podcast. <laughs> so, hi, well, Goober. Hi, everyone. <laughs> anyway, so we'll move on to our, our, our movies that we've watched this week. So I'll start with mine. So the first one I watched this week was one called The Courier. Which mm. is directed by Dominic Cook, who directed the film On Chesil Beach, which starred Sarah Rona, which I really, I really enjoyed. A really touching um, kind of romance. Um, the plot of this one is quite. Be- it's um, set during the Cold War. There's a Russian general who the, who the Americans get wind of wants to give secrets to the Americans because he's because the Russian feels like the way his government's going is going down the ref in the wrong path and it could lead to war. Um, the Russians know they can't just send over their usual usual people because they'll get spotted so they recruit a british businessman who is in russia and in, in eastern Bloc on business anyway they sort of become a liaison between these two um uh, and that's uh, um but over the course of as escalation starts people might be figuring out who's giving away secrets and then there's a panic to try and um errad- um get the, the 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 source out of russia not leave them to the mercy of the the, the the Russian KGB, the, the Russian yeah Russian yes. government yeah, yeah Russian government so that, that's a basic that's been a bit your typical um, Cold War spy thriller it's sort of the basic so it sounds boring as fuck but, so okay uh, and in turn you've got Benedict Cumberbatch he plays a British businessman uh, Marab Nindizi plays the Russian um, general Rachel Brosnan from Marvelous Maisel she plays a CIA operative and Jesse Buckley plays the wife of Benedict Cumberbatch and um, so. You will not like this film. I enjoyed it a lot. I, I thought it was really well done. It's, it's a kind of well-told historical story. Um, it actually worked really well as a doubleheader with the film 13 Days, the one with um, Kevin Costner about you know Kennedy and the, the Cooper mm. crisis. It was actually working a nice companion piece because literally okay. this, in this film we see on the TV what's happening in that film. All right, okay. So it actually, it actually merged really well between the two of them. Um, it, it's de- very much Cumberbatch and then Dadsy's Film, they're very good. So that they, they they play the idea of like two different people with the same kind of goal of not wanting the country to go to war, but sort of different perceptions of what the reality of the war is and reality of what the, the conflict is. So they, they both play that really well. Um, not a lot for it, but for Jesse Buckley or Rachel Brosnan to do, it's a bit of a shame. They could have done a couple of scenes for them just to give them something more to do because like Buckley basically plays like sort of like the kind of kind of nagging wife with concerns because like. Cumberbatch just had an affair in the past and she and she thinks he's having an affair again in Russia because he's all very secret when he goes over there and then he wants to keep going back even though it's very dangerous so she thinks he's having an affair. They don't really delve yeah. into that enough to really sort of add too much weight to it so they kind of done a bit more with him uh, between the two of them and also like I said Rachel Brosnan who plays sort of like the CIA go-between not enough with her. Again she's a really good actress but yes there's not enough scenes yeah, you know, with her. She feels very kind of like it's just sort of they got a name on the, the, the call sheet, but didn't really give her enough to actually justify it. Um, no meeting the bones, yeah. Aye, yeah. not much. To, I mean, only with maybe two, maybe one or two more scenes, just of like maybe dialogue between her and Ros- between her and Cumberbatch would have done something, that would have added something to it, but didn't really have that. Um, 
it's definitely not an action movie. There's no real action scene in it. It's very much, you know, people in rooms talking, people moving quickly and fastly and walking through yeah. underpasses and leaving things in places where people can pick them up. It's all very much that. Um, very Bridge of Spies, which I really enjoy. Um, but I did enjoy how the fact it, boiled, it did boil the big political ideas down to sort of very simpleness, you know, just, you know, two men just wanting sort of... Yeah. They have no real sort of idea. They don't want to destroy the world. They don't want to... They've really no big political aspirations. They just want to see bad shit not happen. You know? Was it filmed in Glasgow? Anyway? Oh, I didn't actually check that. Let's, let's have a little look. But it did look it did have a kind of quite glasgow feel to it, actually, when you were, when we talked about that all day there. Yeah. Um, How was Cumberbatch in it? Cumberbatch he was is, genuinely think, very good. I'm, something yeah. I'm, a bit, I'm a bit cold on Cumberbatch sometimes. Yeah, it can be as well, yeah. But no, I really liked him in this. He's actually really good. And he did start off by just playing sort of like bumbling kind of like, ooh, Englishman. Um, you know, the, the thing he's done many, many times before, you know, almost Boris Johnson eight times. But yeah. as the film goes on, he does sort of embrace a different kind of role. And they do the thing that we, we've kind of talked about in the past we don't like, but at the end of the film, they show clips of the real people. You know? Yeah. But when you, and, and when you, but when you see how um, the the actual man was and how Cumberbatch played him, doesn't look doesn't look much like him, but he got mm. the antithesis of who the guy was down. Like he got his sort of his mannerisms and his sort of like kind of demeanor down. So in a way, it was actually I was kind of like I said, I was been coming down on Cumberbatch the way he played it, but at times it was actually he did get a kind of spot on with who the guy was. So quite him for that. Playing it exactly. for a reason, yeah. Reason, yeah. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was filmed in Prague. Prague, Prague which Prague, which is often confused for Glasgow. There is, there probably is resemblances <laughs> um, somewhere. Um, but yeah, um, I, I would say you wouldn't like this film because I know you're no. not a fan of this kind of film. But I think if you're a fan of stuff like things like The Paper and, um, uh, like I said, Bridge of Spies and The Post and things like you know, sort of good historical ethics. Yeah. But but not everyone's trying to blow something up. It is more about you know the sort of you know the more like, more personal approach. Definitely you know, let, let's talk out a sensible solution kind of thing. Kind of, yes, Let's yes. blow shit up. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Out of 10, sir? Uh, 7 out of 10. Oh, oh, you do like these kind of films. I do, I do enjoy these kind of films. You yeah. lap them up. You do. I like, I like, I'm, I'm also very fascinated by the Cold War generally. I don't know why, it's always been a real fascination for me. So, um, it was, it was again, seeing different sides of it is, is always, and it's not even difficult. I could have seen this side before of, you know, Spies, and yeah. spies of that, but it's um, it was always very interesting to to see to see to see different story stories within that that world. Is is this a film that's going to make money at the box office? I don't think it will. Unfortunately, yeah. I think the audience for it, I don't think I go into cinema right now. Yeah, it, it needs sort of maybe an older audience to go. I think to find they're a bit more discerning as to when they're going out. And I very much out. believe and it's so. got to be for something. You know, the, the worth the risk, I guess, almost. I yeah. think so, yes. Yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah. That's um, a shame, man. But from that, we'll move on to the one that you've seen that I have not seen, and that is one called The, the Night House. Yes, The Night House. Um, wow. Um, th- this was... Um, I remember seeing the trailer for this um, a few months ago and thinking, this looks, you know, really, really, really interesting, because in the trailer, you've got, um, you know... The, well, give give it to you. Who's, what's it about, first of all, The Night House? Um, oh, I don't want to spoil it at all because right, I'll, I'll, I'll read the IMDb thing, okay? So, a widow yeah. begins to uncover her recently deceased husband's disturbing secrets in a house that was built for her, correct? Yeah, but it's it's supernatural as well, yes. so it's not it's not just you know, um, grief and secrets, you know, it, it's kind of got horror elements in there, supernatural elements in there, psychological elements in there, and it, it's an exploration of, of grief as well, um, yes. 
the so, predominantly that's that's what it is. It's an explanation of grief. Written um, by David Bruckner, um, yeah. who I'm looking at what he's done in the past. He did a film called The Ritual, which was a few a few years ago, which honestly scared the living shit out of me. Um, the one with Rafi Spall. Oh, when we were in uh, the Norwegian forest. The because of forest. the creature that appears at the end of that film. Oh. That I had, that honestly, no, when I was, a, I was a young kid, I had nightmares about this creature. I remember this. And then yeah. it appeared on screen, and I'm like, no one's ever seen that outside of my head in the history of, like, I've, I've not told anyone about this. And also, <laughs> on screen, and it absolutely scared the shit out of me. I remember <laughs> we watched that in cinema, and you were like, what the fuck is going on? Like, honestly, is... honestly, it was pin perfect. I said, what I used to have nightmares about. And I'm like, what? This is, that, no, that, that, I didn't like that. I didn't like that. Um, oh, wow. So in the film, you've also, in the film, you've got um, Rebecca Hall, who I think is an actress who's never really, Got the recognition she deserves. She's always been sort of a B lister a lot of time. Not yeah. really had enough, but really good actress. And yes. Sarah Goldberg, Vondi Curtis Hall, Evan John Kit, and Stacey Martin are sort of the main players. Yeah. So um, th- this is Hall's film. I mean, she right. she is on screen for ninety five percent of the film. Ninety uh-huh. percent of the film, and she. Acts her socks off. In my eyes, she's doing nothing short of, at the very least, a nominated performance. Won't get and it. No, she won't because it's, it's, it. it's a horror film. But I mean, this it's it's so nuanced. Everything she's doing, it's all yeah. about expressions and subtle shifts and you know, kind of personality, character, and you you, you just you are completely transfixed. Every second oh. she's on that screen, you do not want to look away. You don't want to miss a single thing she's doing. See what, she what is, when you when you describe this, what it reminds me of? Remember that film Ghost Story we went and seen? Yeah, the one with Affleck. Affleck, and it's like sort of it's, and that was a that was a sort of a, a meandering on grief as well. Is it sort of? Yeah, this this is similar, but I mean, it, it's scarier, and it's it, and there's more going on. Yeah, it, it, you know, it, it seeps in. It, you know, there's just there's dread in this film and a sense of unease all the way through. You know, you, you just feel uncomfortable as well, and right, okay. not not in a but in a good way. Do you know what I mean? Oh. Um, and you know, it's one of those films that, that I know you enjoy as much as me. But it finishes, and you're thinking, and you're thinking, and you're thinking, and you're. Does it mean this? Does it mean that? Yeah. Um, I had a few ideas of kind of my take on it, what I thought it meant. Um, and then when I was reading reviews and stuff like that, and I kind of read some stuff online about it, and kind of what I thought the story was about, it, it was about, do you know what I mean? Okay. So it's one of these films that it, that it doesn't spoon feed you. You know, you've got to fucking, you know, get the old grey mark playing for this one. And It's a film that probably benefit from the cinema, because if you're in the cinema, you're, you're paying attention to it. If you watch it at you home, can, you'll be distracted. Which takes me on to... My rant. Okay. Um, so, C ten, um, the usual, the usual seat. Yeah. Um, I sat down. I got very, very comfortable. Um, and then one seat in front of me, and to the left, um, this woman starts talking to herself just as the film's starting, and I'm like, oh, fuck's sake. On the phone, or like just herself? Just to herself. Um, talking away, talking, talking. Starts crying. She's oh, crying. Right. She's crying. Starts shouting about. Child molesters, people stealing money from her, getting into fights, the police are coming. Um, um, when she turned around and said that, just still showing it forward? Or just, it just, just herself talking. She's um, Obviously, she's got mental, mental Problem, issues yes. going on. Um, 
she starts waving her hands about, you know, mm-hmm. up and down, standing up, sitting down, waving her hands, shouting, swearing, stuff like that. Goes, gets a big bag of popcorn, hot dog, you know, eats that in the most horrible, disgusting way I can imagine, shouting again and stuff like that. Um, a few people in the cinema, Schuster, you know, going to keep the noise down. Um, she she had, you know, something Problems. going on. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like telling a fucking toddler to behave, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. You know, she, she, there's no point in, you know, doing that and, you know, it, it's just kind of, you know, they, they do like a kind of autism screenings in cinemas. Uh-huh. Perhaps it's better suited to go into that, you know, than kind of going yes. to, you know, where you're disrupting a full. She, she doesn't realise or, you know, no. she maybe doesn't know she's doing it, but it is, you know, disruptive for her. So, so that was a bit crappy. Uh-huh. Um, it got to the, the the last five minutes of the film, and, you know, she kind of upped the volume and stuff like that. And this is the really, whole film? She was doing it for the whole film? The whole film. Um, oh, there's no way I would have sat through it, dude. Yeah, there, there was um, a really kind of big reveal in the last five, ten minutes mm-hmm. um, that I kind of missed, and I had to kind of try and jigsaw it together. Right, So okay. that was a bit kind of awkward, um, and I was, you know, I had to kind of read up a wee bit to see exactly, you know, was that what happened? Luckily, uh-huh. I kind of, my brain had enough to... to fill in the blanks and um, so it, it took me out of a wee bit uh, on the on the basis of that um, i'm going back for view number two tomorrow okay. so based um, on the fact you watched it with a, with a person who was always having a, having a day in front of you yeah we, we, we give it out of 10 um this film is an eight out of ten so even, even with all that possibly absolutely you know because you know yeah that that's going on in front of me but i'm still watching and you know look Wow. Um, wow right. And I, again, I cannot stress enough. Um, Paul's performance is just, you know, it's it's totally sublime. Uh, so without, ruining, without spoiling, are we talking jump scariness? Are we talking just more sort of like atmosphere? Both. There, there, there are jump scares in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the atmosphere, it, it, it gets, you know, it just kind of seeps in slowly, okay. slowly just creeps in, creeps in, creeps in. Um, the one negative I would say is the third act, um, the last 15 minutes, it does kind of, you know, kind of, there you go, um, which Aye. is a bit of a shame. I mean, it still gets across. The what, point of the film, yeah. Yeah, but it, it does seem a bit, you know, we've kind of ran out of, you know, the kind of greatness we had for the first oh. 80 minutes. We've kind of, we've lost the way a wee bit, which was a shame. But mm. um, I'm, I'm looking forward to you seeing it, because I know you enjoy a performance. Um, yeah, I do. And I'm looking forward to you seeing this film purely on the strength of it's not often you get a performance at that level that just blows you away, just totally blows your mind. Um, I'm also a fan of this new, I'm also a fan of this new bit of horror that's came through in the last five years, but it's not about gore, it's not about scare, it's about the idea of tone and the idea of like atmosphere and it's sort of, it's, they have to creep you and get into your bones rather than yeah. just make you go. You know, we had that whole thing in the sort of mid 2000s with the, you know, the gore fest of like the hostels yeah. and the saws and stuff like that. It seems like that time has now passed and they're sort of now mm. relegated to sort of almost the B movie status now. It's a bit know, more intelligent now. Horror's got an yeah. intelligence to it now that's coming through. Especially yeah, stuff yeah. like, you know, I wasn't a fan of Hereditary, but or less a fan of Hereditary than maybe some people were. The stuff like mm. The Witch, even like something like The Lighthouse was very much a horror. Yeah. It's definitely, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a higher breed of horror. It's not, it's, it's definitely I would, not. I would say that the kind of most compared, in terms of, not in terms of kind of, you know, the story and stuff, but in terms of atmosphere and how you feel about it, um, I'd probably say Babadook's the closest. Ah, okay. I've, I've kind of been to this. So it's that kind of, you know, the, yeah. that kind of direction you're going in with. Um, excited for you to see it. And I'm, I'm 
genuinely really looking forward to seeing it again tomorrow. Um, yes, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing it as well. I, I will go and see this film. I will definitely go and see it's it. It's also one of those films where there's stuff going on in the background. And you, you, you know, you're seen, like, aye. Yeah, you're like, oh, what's that? Did, did yeah. I see that? So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what I didn't see the first time around. So, yeah. Nice very, so very, Eight, eight and a half out of ten. There you go. Wow. Yeah. High, yeah. high praise for a horror. High, yeah. absolutely, sir. Absolutely. Go see it if you can. It's, no. it's it's not getting massive amount of kind of screen no, time. It's not. If you get the chance, please go and see it. Cool. I will definitely go and see it. Um, on from that, we move on to the opposite, not the opposite end of the spectrum, but something a bit different. It's called Reminiscence. Uh, also out in cinema, uh, directed by Lisa Joy. Uh, it's her debut feature. Uh, but she has a writer on things like Westworld uh, and Pushing Daisies and things like that. So she's, oh, she's got okay. real kudos as, as a film. Um, her and her partner, Jonathan Nolan, sort of a kind of writing partnership, I think. And I think for a lot of time on on um, Westworld, she gets credit for doing the emotional parts and he gets credit for doing the like the action parts. But I think from okay. what I've read, it's actually the, it's the opposite of that. She's really into action and he's more the emotional he's, guy. So. He's did that. Uh, is, is, he, is he anything to do with the Nolans, no? Yes, he's a bro. Oh, it's Jonathan, right, it's Ah, right, yeah. okay, so he is the Nolan. He's an Nolan, yeah. I think he got a co-writing credit on possibly one of the Batmans, possibly. I think so, yeah, I think yeah. there are a few. It's kind of quite a few things with Chris, yeah. yeah. So plot of this one, I, I call him Chris. You call him Chris, you know. Um, so <laughs> it's, set, it's set in the kind of near future where sort of the world has come out of a major war, um, the tides have risen, so a lot of cities are underwater, and it's sort of just whatever left of humanity is just hanging on to the, the fringes, and they're sort of just sort of living life as best they can, trying to sort of restore um, society as it is. And there's an actual divide has happened between the the rich and the poor. Um, what a protagonist does is he runs a company that basically taps into your brain and allows you to sort of relive a happy memory over and over again in your head. You know, because people are, people can't see any real future for themselves. So they're always retreating into the past and sort of, you know, whatever happy time they want to try and experience. Um, and in his business, a woman walks into the door and in the door looking for a set of keys, just trying to find a way to pay a pay set of keys. He goes into her memory and obviously they fall in love because she is a, a your typical femme fatale uh, in, your, in your film noir. Um, and she ends up disappearing and he then has to try and piece together how she disappeared, why she disappeared, and from that, her murky past gets revealed, um, ultimately leading to an even murkier conclusion. Um, and I think Hugh Jackman, he plays a sort of the, the private investigator, you know, guy who works in Memory Palace type thing. Um, Rebecca Ferguson, she plays the femme fatale. Sandy Newton plays the assistant. Uh, Danielle Wu plays a, a bad guy. And Beck Cullen also plays sort of someone in the film as well. Um, so it's... A very typical crime noir, um, you know, it, it, it adheres to a lot of the um, noir thing, the crime noirs that you sort of know from the past. It has a very almost Sin City vibe to it, um, is the way oh. we put it. Um, you always know in these crime noirs that, that, that it's not going to end well for anyone. That's sort of like, you know, it's one of those things that, that has to happen. It's never going to end in a happy, it's there's no happy ending. It's prerequisite for a film noir, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, um but the, the kind of sciencey twist is, is sort of interesting, sort of sci-fi twist um, is a really kind of nice addition. Um, Lisa Joy, particularly with you know things like Westworld as well, she is a phenomenal world builder. She builds a world that you, you find very believable very quickly without giving you. There's no sort of prologue and sort of someone reading out the history of the past ten years. It's just sort of there is a slight voiceover at the start, but ultimately you're learning it from people talking and people. 
you know, how they deal with things. You, you learn, like, what happens to the world and, and why the world is like the way it is just now. You get the idea of ties of risen, so global warming must be a factor, so you get that point. Yeah. So, yeah. And you get the kind of rich and poor idea, but the rest of it's all just sort of, it's, it's you know, sort of peeled out as the film goes on. So I have total appreciation for how she, she builds this world and makes it a very believable world, even though it feels unbelievable. So that's big credit for that. The plot is nice and twisty turny. You know, it's to keep the interest in it. It does take a few kind of leaps you go, really? But I think in any crime noir, you also have that leap of, you know, what? You know, like, that did, did, has to, did that happen? Yeah. Yeah, there has to be that okay. moment of like sort of almost like unbelievability, you know, to make this yeah. plot kind of fall together a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I, I generally quite enjoyed it. There's a few things, like, like it, it, it was also maybe just, just shy of two hours. And for the two hours watching it, I was entertained. Hugh Jackman is a very watchable actor on screen. Always, yeah. And Rebecca Ferguson is, she's also one excellent. of my favourite actresses yes. at the moment. She's Same here she's as well. So last week, I'd, we'd kind of briefly touched on this, and I'd said from the trailer, I got a vibe of this was a, a, a kind of romance film with There's a romance cause, element cause, to it. But is it? Because he, he, falls, he falls in love with Rebecca Ferguson, he has a relationship with her, then she disappears. Mm. So it's him yeah. trying to track her down from that. So there is definitely a romance element, but it is more, it is more of, your, of your typical just sort of detective looking for somebody kind of film. Okay. And sure. into the murky underworld to try and discover that. Um, the only thing I would, the big things I would say was maybe it is about 20 minutes too long. There's a, kind of multiple endings in it that sort of maybe you kind of go, right, let's just get to the end. You don't need this, you don't need that. You don't need to wrap up every single bit of the plot to terms of like sort of to the, to the nth degree. You can sort of say like, this happened. Okay, I'm fine. Let's move on. You don't have to. It felt like it went yeah. on a bit too long. It, it suffered from a yeah. little bit of the Lord of the Rings, you know, syndrome. You know? <laughs> Um, Fake out Yes um, Also as well Love Hugh Jackman Great actor Always yeah. very watchful Great Seems like a really nice guy He is not grizzled enough To be a PI You know I think so Oh, He doesn't okay. He's far too clean shaven And sort of looking still Very very fucking handsome In this film You yeah. know I want my PI to look like Nick Nolte You know Or yeah. a, a push the, the most handsome one you can have And it would be like George Brolin I'm I'm all for Peter Falk still. That's my yeah, idea. I'm all for that as well. Idea, yeah. <laughs> I don't me. want a guy who looks like he could be a supermodel doing it because you feel like you've not, you know, the, the, the school of hard knocks is gonna not is not knocked you hard enough, I'm afraid. Um, you know, so it, Jack was a very good actor and he a couple of times he taps into sort of the darker energy kind of like you had in prisoners. There's a few moments like that when you see that mm. two Jack coming through. We don't really yeah. see that, we don't we've not really seen that enough over the past like sort of ten years. It's he's been Barely very late. Yeah, um, yeah, Logan prisoners and desperate sounds of it. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, but no, it's one of the films like for two hours you can very much enjoy. It's very solid, it's very watchable, but I think it, it, it faded from the memory um, quite quickly. Which but is quite, a, quite, that's quite ironic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, thank you. Um, but it generally is enjoyable. Um, it's probably more of a DVD watch at home as opposed to one expense. If you only want to say I'm a once this month, I was going to say it. This seems to have kind of, you know, I mean, you'd expect like Rebecca Ferguson on the back of Doctor Sleep and stuff like that last year, um, you know, and Mission Impossible and stuff like that, and then Hugh Jackman. You'd expect this to be like, you know, a big, big, big push, and it, yeah. it, it seems to be quite quiet. How the, the you know, the well, I think they could have pushed it as it's Rebecca Ferguson and Hugh Jackman back together again after the Great Showman. Yeah, yeah. However, it's a very different film, you know, and I think you're yeah. kind of you're not going to get the same audience going to see this. You would see going to see Great Showman, to be honest. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but it has been quite a it has been quite a muted release. Yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah it, it, it's like a fine, well done film. You've seen this film done, you know, before and done badly. You know, yeah. 
if you say Blade Runner, the peak of this, you know, that's all the great kind of sci-fi time noirs. It's not quite at that level, but it's still yeah. very, very enjoyable and very, very watchable. Oh, cool. Out of 10? 7 out of 10 again. Oh, decent, decent score, though. Decent yeah. score, indeed. Um, now, now that I kind of, again, as I say, but I kind of had it in my head that this was a romantic film with, you know, slightly sci-fi elements. So now that you're kind of saying to me as, no, it's not, it's a sci-fi film, then, you know... It's not. It's more, it's more crime noir that's set in a sci-fi sort of place. But it's more no, I'm, so, I'm, I'm sold in that. I can take that. Uh, yeah. So I think I will try and see this one next week, sir. Thank you. Yes, very good. Yeah. Um, on from that, we move on to probably the biggest release this week, um, and oh. that is Snake Eyes G.I. Joe Origins, provided oh, by Robert Schwenke, who has done such masterpieces as Insurgent, Allegiant, R.I.P.D., and Flight Plan. I actually quite like Flight Plan. I thought Flight Plan was actually all right. We've done them. Um, the plot of this one is set before the whole G.I. Jonas kicks off, and essentially it's how Snake Eyes becomes Snake Eyes, how he becomes like sort of the leader of... Is he leader of Cobra? He's not the leader, no. He's yeah, just... Command. I think he's just one of the, the fan favourites. Like Cobra's ultimate assassin type thing, you know, sort of the one, the kind of bogeyman of Cobra, essentially, who... No, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like he's like GI Joe Ninja as opposed to Storm Shadow, who's Cobra Ninja. Okay. Um, I paid more attention to this than I fucking should have. Yes. Um, <laughs> in the film, you've got Henry Golding playing Snake Eyes. Um, you've got Andrew Koji, uh, Harakusa Abe, Samara Weaving popped up in it amazingly, and yeah. Ursula Cobero. Um, I've popped a lot. What do you think of this one? Oh right. Um, fucking hell. Where do I start with this nonsense? I was excited to see this. I thought, you know, I, I'm not, you know, we're not, we're not American, so we don't really get the whole GI Joe pop culture. I guess um, we know who it is. You know, I've read comics. I've seen GI Joe, the previous movies, but it's never been a British thing. So I was kind yeah. of, I went in thinking, cool, I'll go and see an action movie with lots of sword fighting, martial arts, and I'll be happy with that. And oh my god, was I disappointed. Oh, <laughs> On so, 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 so many levels. Um, so the, 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 my biggest bugbear with this film, I'm going to go straight in with, was the atrocious, atrocious use of shaky cam. Oh, the action scene. Um, I have no idea where the director kind of, you know, where his vision was for how a, an action scene should be, it should be done. But, I mean, every action scene was shaky cam in close-ups, like, I mean, like Wayne's World extreme close-up. Mm. And, you know, you're like, what, what are you doing? You've got, you know, like fucking ninjas fighting each other with swords and, you know, side knives and fucking bow staffs and stuff like that. And, you know, you're cutting into people's faces and shots of their legs and stuff like that, and it's shaking about. But then when the action stops, we're on a nice steady cam, you know. And some of, some of, some of the, the sets... Were, were amazingly done, like the Tokyo sets, um, mm. the Japanese village, the, the, the kind of compound and stuff like that. So you can see that, that there was artistic... There's money involved, there. there's money in this. Money as well, but there's artistic merit and there is yeah. a vision there and you're like, you know, you've laid up these scenes beautifully and then the second any action starts, it's just like, what, what, why? I, this, I, I really frustrate. I almost felt a headache afterwards, you know, mm. just... Fucking stop moving the camera, you know. Yeah. Zoom, zoom out. Let the action 
breathe, you know, let us see what's, you know, there, there's times in it where you've got Snake Eyes, um, you know, taking on like kind of 10, 12 warriors on his own. Mm. And you don't see any of it because it's just zoomed in all the time. And you're like that. I mean, how good would that be to see that zoomed out, you know, big wide shot of him, you know, fucking up 12 ninjas and... I think what it did show is like there's a people don't realize there's a genuine talent in how to construct an action and fight scene that you, Jesus, you yeah. can watch it, enjoy it, and also know what the hell's happening at every moment. Yeah. You know, I think they suffer from the almost like the Michael Bayness of like sort of like I don't know who's hitting who and why they're hitting who and where anyone is in relation to it, anything that's it, happening. Exactly, yeah. And it, it it was, but it wasn't just fight scenes as well. It was anything action at all. Do you yeah. mean you're just like just fucking stop? Um, look at like back to kung fu movies for the seventies. Bruce Lee. You look at a Bruce Lee film, and it's you know one or two cameras on Bruce Lee whooping ass. That's you it, think you maybe know? this is this stunk of a director or at least a, a, an editor possibly or even a producer who they didn't have confidence in the cast. To do, it felt like they're trying to cut round because I thought it was really heavily edited to the point. Like, you yeah. know, like sort of every shot was sort of they're trying to go for that Paul Greengrass really quick intercutting type thing, but it yeah. just felt like they'd lost any flow of what was happening. So you didn't actually know. It didn't well, feel real to me. It felt. I what it felt like it felt like a film from the early two thousand. Yeah, I would almost agree with what you're saying, um, and it, it, I think I'd thought that earlier on, like, okay, there, there's no faith in Golden, he can't do this shit. But then you've got Equally Race in there who yeah. can do action. I mean, he's probably one of the top five action stars that, that you know you want to film. This boy can, you know, put a camera on him and let him fight, and wow, you've got a movie. And even with his scenes, and you know, you were like, so no, I don't think it was that. I think yeah. they're just fucking idiots that okay. they don't know how to do. <laughs> I'm sorry, but they, they just don't know how to do a fight scene at all. They have no fucking idea what they're doing. Yeah, you know, go go speak to the John Wick directors. Go and speak to the Die Hard directors. Uh, you know, go, go the Raid. Just, yeah, you know, go just look at these guys. This should be your inspiration. What are you fucking thinking? Right, of this? That's what that's what I'm saying. When I watched it. I felt it felt like a film from about twenty years ago in the sense that it just didn't have this. It felt like. 20 years ago, we're going, oh, that looks really cool. But now because we've had what we've had over the last 20 years ago, you know, that there's a new there's a new bar that you have to at least cross in order to be interesting. Absolutely. And, and this was, you know, this well was way fucking... Yeah. Um, my next big gripe was um, Henry Golden was goddamn awful. He, I, His, think Ken, I, disagree. I think Golden had a lot of charm in it, but he had absolutely nothing to work with. He had zero how many, ability. How many times did his accent fucking slip, dude? Wow. I'm, I'm not... I'm not going to call wow. him. I think, I think he still he still had a bit of charm to him. He still had something about him, not enough to save this film in any way, shape, or form. But I, I'm not going to. I'm actually not going to lay the blame at his feet for this film. I no, think there's a lot I, more to play. I think he was terribly miscast. Um, I think he had one look for film movie. Um, you know that this look of, of you know kind of fucking sullen brooding look. Um, his accent, you know, it, it, there was Cockney in there, dude. I mean. It, he delivered some lines and it was Cockney, like fucking hell. <laughs> I was like, oh, every time he did it, it, it took me right out. You know, I was like, fuck me, that. Wow. Put me Ray Winston you know, and um, see what happens. Surely someone could have picked up that in the dailies and thought, can we do that we, again? With an American yeah. accent, do yeah. you know what I mean? Um, so that took me right out. Um, I think he's, he's a good actor. He's, he's, he's a handsome guy. He's got charisma. This just wasn't the film for him. They needed. Jet Li, 
15 years ago would have been snake eyes now. Yes. Um, some, somebody like that. And the other thing that really pissed me off, and I've ranted about this so many fucking times, I'm getting bored with it now, um, was the CGI fire. Oh, my fucking CGI God. CGI fire's hard to do, yeah. It really, really took me right back in the village, um, right. you know, the, the final act, and I was like, no. And it just took me right out of the film, just totally it, ripped it apart. It can me. be done right, and it can be done well, but you've not got the budget and you're doing it in a, in a rush, perhaps. It just it does fall apart very quickly. Um, yeah. I, I don't think... I gave Goldie a little bit more credit. I think he was a lot more charming than you give him credit for. I think he did try his best, but he had nothing to work with. I just thought it was a very, very, very poor excuse for an action film. I thought it felt like something like said from about 20 years ago. Um, yeah. That scenes had no flow to them. They're all so heavily edited. The plot made zero sense if there even was a plot in it. And what really got me as well, it raked over like sort of Japanese and sort of Oriental long dead tropes that feel like they belong about 50 years ago. You know, this, you know, Japan, a land of mystery and like sort of, you know, that, it's like, felt, that, that feels so dated. Also, now. there was super fucking natural elements in that it. That as well. I'm like, yeah, you was never supernatural, was it? It was always just yeah. about like high tech, wasn't it? It wasn't about, yeah. you know, fighting demons and yeah. fucking dragons. Magic and, you know, big snakes. And it's like, what the fuck's that all about? It's Aye, so that, so. that didn't yeah. go for that as well. Um, yeah. It's a franchise I don't think anyone was asking for back. It was definitely dead, and I think it would remain, should remain dead. Do you think this is the nail in the coffin, or are they going to be fucking stupid? And, and I think a lot is all down to money. Um, yeah. I just don't think there's any real... I don't think anyone was shouting out for like more G.I. Joe. G.I. Yeah, Joe, yeah. No. I won't mean... Um, the saving grace for me, I, I'm not going to be completely naked. I hate being, you know, at right. all. I can hear about the movie. Um, the saving grace was the fella that played um, his, his, his blood brother that turned into Storm Shadow. What's his name? Uh, is that Daniel? Is that some? No, I don't know who that was. Sorry, I'm not sure. But you okay. know, you know the character. The character I mean, uh, you know, the, the, the one that took him to Japan and stuff like yes. that. Yes, he he was he was acting in his own movie. He totally for me stole that whole. Film. He was he was off doing a different film. He got what he was doing, whereas the director didn't, didn't know what he was doing. I, I mean, I think, and also, this is annoying me as well. This director, he said, like, the Insurgent and Allegiant films, I don't think are very good. I don't know think he made that much money, but they, 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 were, they were what they were. Yeah. He'd done RIPD, the one with um, uh, oh, Jeff Bridges and Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds, which was, yeah. even with the two of them, some of the most sort of really enjoyable actors you can get on screen, was, quite frankly, atrocious. It's one of the biggest B movies now, isn't it? RIPD. It's kind of it's got that kind of tide now. Where, you know, it's so bad it's good. That, that's RIPD. Yeah. Nope, I disagree. I think it's just. I think honestly, it's just a terrible film. I think it's a bad <laughs> movie. Um, and like, I went into it wanting to love it because I felt like it was right up my street. Didn't like it. Um, yeah, one of the things he's done of note, I actually really enjoyed. I like. I actually quite liked Flight Plan. I thought it was not a bad film. He done Red. I thought it was a decent film. Read the one with Bruce Willis and whatnot. And yes. Yeah, that was all right as well. Yeah, so you yeah. can, yeah, so, you know, he, he knows, he, he can find, he knows what he's doing behind a camera. But yeah. but that's now one, well, so I reckon he was a flop. I think Insurgent done enough business and Elite done enough business. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I've not seen The Captain yet, but that's So I just don't think this guy has another chance. I think, he, I think he's had enough fails that he needs to go away and, Really some, some low budget stuff, not be given a franchise list. Do you think is this guy like, like the same vein as Shireman, where you know he, he done you know a couple of really good things and then he's you know no not yeah. enough. I, 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 I think you could find someone who could do that job in any direct in any sort of like 
art house or any sort of like sort of anyone any director of no any director of like sort of any functionality could do the same job as he did. He's yeah. nothing special. He doesn't deserve to keep no. a job based on that unless he works cheap, which might be the case. Yeah, yeah, but um, no, it was just overall, it was. And also, Joey's well, it was fucking dull. It was, and also, right, I, at the end of it, did, did you not think Snake Eyes was a bit of a dick? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You're like, he's, the, the, he's caused us for, for the start of the film. This is all your fault. Oh, you yes. Everything that happened in that film, you can lay back squarely on you without a fucking doubt. To him, yeah. So yeah. you caused all of this, you prick. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like you've made the hero the bad guy, but he's not. He's the hero, but he's not. He's a bad guy. Do yeah. You, he, he was just a dick. Um, you know, what? Yeah, yeah. Whereas at the end, the, the, the kind of when he's firing with a jet, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm Storm Shadow." It's like you kind of you kind of got fucked over by everybody. Aye. You you're kind of like, what's why is he the bad guy? <laughs> so yeah, don't, even now I'm like, who? I don't understand. <laughs> It was just shit. It was just it was bad. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Avoid at all costs. Um, I'm giving it a very lowly three out of ten. How about you? I, w- I, w- I was going to give it a two, and then I thought, based on the performance of that one actor, I'll give it a three. Um, three. But but that that's it. Um, he he gave it a three. I'll give him a three. The film itself, I'd give it a two. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, from that, we move on to our last film of the week, which is a film called Censor. Uh, the British horror film directed by Pranda, Prada Bailey Bond. It's her debut feature, which was uh, mm-hmm. interesting. Um, the plot of this film is, is quite an intriguing plot. It's set during the 80s on the video Nasty sort of phenomenon, which you probably remember, I'm guessing. Oh, uh, yeah. Very um, much so. Very much so. Uh, it says a woman who is one, is just one of the censors who has to sit and watch all these films and sort of suggest cuts and suggest edits and all to try and get them to pass, you know, the BBFC, you know, accreditation. Mm. Um at the same time, she's still living the trauma of her, of her younger or older sister, sorry, disappearing um, at one point um, when we're younger, and she was sort of blamed for this. Well, watching one of these video nasty, she starts to see someone who she thinks is her sister, um, and she starts to sort of delve into the video nasty world to try and uncover who this person is and where she is, um, oh, okay. to try and get to try and get to the bottom of it. Um, as her psyche slowly implodes, because it gets out that she, there's also a, a B story where. Someone has done something in the real world where they've killed her wife, I think it is, and it's been blamed on a video nasty, and they've leaked her name as the person who passed it for the censors to say it's okay for people to watch it, and she's getting the blame for this as well, for like okay. allowing this film to get through the accreditation process. Wow. Very, very intriguing. I um, want to see this already. You've got, in the film, you've got the lead, is, I think it's Nima, uh, it's spelled N-I-A-M-H. That's Neve. Neve, is it? Ah, oh, that's one. Is that, that's, that's like, that's like fucking like Sasha Ronan's not spelled anything like fucking like it's yeah, spelled like it. It's uh, Irish. It's Neve. I, I think it was Irish. But I'm like I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> um, we've also got um, well, I, I know him from Space, but he's also in every Ben Wheatley film. Michael Smiley. All right. Yep. Yep. Miles from mean. Space. Yeah. Yep. Um, Nicholas Bond and Vincent Franklin also pop up in it. Um, this is interesting. This actually, it's a, it's quite a nice double heavier night than the Nighthouse film in the sense that it's a horror film that's really not concerned with trying to be a short horror film. It's all very, even though the, the film itself is dealing with films that were basically built upon being as crude and vicious and as horrible as possible. This mm. film is more about getting underneath your skin and just making you feel just sort of uneasy and just not in a good place, which yeah. it does immensely well because it, it's wow. stuck with me for a long time right, since I've watched it. It's really, it's matter around my head for a fair bit. Um, so it's more in, in terms of trying to get a, a tone 
and an atmosphere about it. He's sort of, he's, well, I'm trying to think, it's, it's again like the Babadook in many ways. It's not yeah. trying, you know, all that one was out on Netflix. The British horror one was at Our House or My House. Remember that one? It was like the two immigrants who were living in a house and it's haunted. Uh huh. Yeah. That one, yeah. very much in that kind of vein, or even recently this year, St. Maud. Did you see St. Maud? No, oh no, I'm going to, but it's on Amazon. I'm all fuck over me. that, don't you? Prepare don't yourself you for St. Maud. St. Maud, what's St. Maud? <laughs> fuck you, Maud, honestly. St. Maud left me in an emotional wreck. Oh, so, um, I'm looking forward to it, okay. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it's like like that. Um, very unsettling from the outset, but it's very well structured. It's, it's got a clear delineation of what it wants to do with its time, because it's only on for about 88 minutes. It's, it's under under an hour and a half, and it's okay. there's not a lot of waste in it. Everything's, everything's there for a purpose. It's tight, and yeah. Very yeah. tight in what it's doing. And also, even the scenes that you feel like this seems like sort of throwaway when it's like having dinner with our mum and dad, there's information coming across there and, and you get it sort of, you can, it, as to who this character is. Um, also be a bit like the Invisible Man, so there's a sort of, you feel there's this outside presence on her as well. So you get that in it as well. Performances are fantastic. It's Again, it's one of those films, like some of these, this recent band of horror that's come out where it's... Um, it's not about scaring and gore. It's more about, you know, the atmosphere, you know, things like The Witch, things like Green Room or mm. um, It Follows or Lights Out, yeah. like, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Some of them I'll, I'll happily watch again or want to watch again. Like The Witch, I'll watch. I, I love The Witch. I'll watch that all the time. Some of them I don't know if I'll ever want to see again, but I'm really glad I spent time with it at least once. This is, for me, in that category. Like, I'm glad I spent the time invested in watching it, but I don't know if I want to invest my time in it again. It, it, I, find it, I find it very, very deeply unsettling by watching it. Wow. To the point where I'm not really, in the, I don't really want to dive back into you've, it. You've got to be a particular psych to, to want to. to I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also oh, a sense oh. like it shows video nasties in it. I'm not entirely sure how many where they've kind of done like mock up video nasties mm-hmm. and how much were the actual shots of video nasties from the 80s. You'll probably be able to watch better than me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely, I recognise the Driller Killer one. But again, I don't. I can't yeah. if that's the one that was. Um, they've reenacted it rather than just you know used. I'm not Did, sure. Lift, sure. Lifted, yeah. But yeah. from what I mean, I didn't watch that many very nice. I think I saw I Spit in Your Grave. I think I saw that one. Um, I think I saw a couple more ones. Cannibal Holocaust. That was one, wasn't it? Oh, Apocalypse Holocaust. Would be oh, something like yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've seen. I've seen maybe like half, maybe three or four of them. I didn't like. Right. Them. I thought they were particularly just nasty for nasty sake. There was the very little artistic. <laughs> I mean, so yeah. silly, but there was. I'm not saying a film had always has to have proper artistic merit, but these films did, did seem to have very little artistic merit. They were there for they were there to shock you. That, shock that, value, that yeah. was the point. Yeah, it's like it's that punk we, rock. It's, it's a sex pistols. You know, like we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. We'll be loud. We'll be aggressive. And your mum and dad will hate it. So you should like yeah. it. And it's like I don't know yeah. if I like. I don't think I don't think I ever liked it to be honest. Yeah, whereas um, yeah, it's it's my kind of that's my. My place right there. So. I'm not against the thing is I'm not against gory horror. Like I'm, if it's done well, I'm a big fan of it. But they seemed like see gore and blood I can deal with. See all the video nasties had a lot of like sort of like rape and abuse in it, which I found yeah. I find more difficult to watch on screen. It's cruel. I uh-huh. think it's, it's probably it. a good. It's a cruelty good, to it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's cruel. It's you know. It's. We're going to make you watch this, and you're not going to like it. But yeah, it's you know it's just cool because there's no reason for us to make you do that other than we want to make you feel watch it. Oh, and, and, that's yeah, what I got. Again. Like, I remember watching the first Hostel film, and all I got from that mm. film is that this film is cruel for no reason. Yeah, yeah. It's that, and I don't want to see cruelty on screen. I, I can if it's if something like 
for example, we mentioned Prisoners five minutes ago, right? That film's got a cruelty yeah. to it, because, but there's a point to that. There's a point in that film of what that is. Yeah, depth. It's got depth and a story, and you uh-huh. know, it's there for a reason. It's it's necessary. Whereas, yeah, with something, you know, like hostile, it's just as it's just you know how far can we push the fucking envelope? You know, why uh-huh. are you pushing that envelope? Because we can. Why? Why? Because yeah. because you can is not a reason. Yeah, why are you fucking push that's, the envelope. That's a purpose you know to it. Yeah. And sometimes, it, and also, you feel like almost like am I being too conservative by saying I don't like it? Like, I don't want it to. I don't want it to not exist. Yeah. Like, if if people want to make it out there, put it out there, and but, if we watch it, that's up to you. But I don't like it. And also, I do, I'm not judging you because you watch them, but I feel, <laughs> I feel they do attract a certain type of audience. Psychopaths. Yeah. Possibly, yes. <laughs> but when they watch them, you start going, hmm. Well, you see, I suppose I'm, I suppose I'm a gorehound, um, yeah. particularly back in the day, because, you know, I would seek out material oh. that, that was, you know, by reputation, don't watch that. Yeah, I'd be like, right, I'm fucking watching that. Oh, no, um, I'm the same. Someone told me that I should watch yeah. this film, then I'm like, that's why I've been over there. I was watching 18 when I was like 12 years old. I'm thinking, oh, you can't watch that film. Okay, yeah, your challenge is accepted. I will watch that yeah, film. Yeah, but I, I would chase specifically these films that mm-hmm. this film is, you know, on about. So that's why I'm quite excited to see it because yeah. I want to get, you know, the, the other side of it now, you know, let, let's yeah. see what, what that's all. So the, the, this film critically um, is getting so, so much praise. I mean, and all, no, I've, all, seen, I've seen I've seen people swinging quite wildly on it, either a lot of praise or been quite negative on it. So it, it seems to be splitting people in the middle, yeah. Okay, no, I've just... It is positive, but it is, there's a few, like, sort of down... Um, reviews out there that sort of like really not oh, a fan I've of it. Not a, the only ones I've seen have been like glowing. Most of them have been very positive. This yes. is you know ten out of ten movie. Yes. Um, how, how would you? Where would you rate this? In I put it. I put a very solid eight out of ten. Wow. Which for a horror film, I guess not horror, but you know, get a scary movie is yes. eight out of ten. Is I guess that's the ten out of ten of scary movies. If that I makes mean, sense. I would disagree because like The Witch for me is a ten out of ten film. Yeah. You know, something and, like and yeah, that's a, that's rare. But I mean, that that is like a flash in the pan. That's lightning in a bottle. Lighthouse. Like which mm, I, I gave that a solid nine, maybe nine. not quite, not quite a ten. Not that's quite. fucked up. That film. <laughs> but the, the problem with something like the lighthouse, the lighthouse is you've watched it, and I think if a film makes you go, I don't get it. Sometimes right. I mean, overall, I got it, but there's parts of it I don't get the symbolism. Whereas um, a witch, you get throughout. Yeah, um, I mean, just down to my stupidity if I don't get something, mm-hmm. but, you know, should it be that obtuse that, you know... It's a fair point. You know, only a select few would, would understand the references yeah. to, like, Greek tragedies and stuff like that. I, you know, I, I don't need... I don't want to have to understand that to get your, your movie. Can I, get can that, I, understand. I, I, think, I think I know where I'm going there, yeah. What I would say is that much like when we first saw The Babadook um, and we saw The Witch and we saw films um, Hereditary and things like that, mm. it makes me want to be, and also when you watch St. Maud, you're the same thing. You want to see what this person does next. Yeah. As, as a filmmaker, you go like, I'm, I'm, I'm investing in what you do next. You know, and, yeah. and I like that, that we get that with filmmakers. Like some filmmakers are like, the way we are with Spielberg, where we are with Tarantino, where we are with Soderbergh and Scorsese, you know, you you see their films as an event film. You want you mm. want to watch it, and I'm the same with the people who've done these films that we just talked about, like The Witch and things like that. I'm I'm as excited for their next film as I am for the next Spielberg film. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do, what they're got. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes they'll miss, you know. But oh yeah, they, they, you're always going to miss. Sometimes you'll miss, but, but 
but they've got that, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a, there's brave film because they're just now, yes. you know, they, they can take a low budget and, you know, just use imagination and clever writing, you know, and, and they've got the understanding of a camera. I, I, I guess it's evolution, isn't it? You know, because, you know, we've been using like kind of cameras to make movies for the past, what, 110 years now? Yes, yeah. Um, so, you know, I guess you do get, you know, more and more clever at it and more adept at it. So I guess that's, you know, that's, it's just evolution. Do you know what I mean? So these people can take a camera and not a lot of money and, uh-huh. you know, do things with it. It's just like, wow. You know, like, like, but like amazing. right now, someone sat you down and gave, and gave you two DVDs to watch, right? You can either watch the next Scorsese film, okay? Or the next Yorgos Lathamos film. What one are you picking? Oh, no, Yorgos. Yeah. Yeah. Yorgos. Because you know, you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what yeah, you're going to get. Yeah, with Scorsese, you know. Yeah, it's such a limited release that it's, nine, it's I don't see it nine o'clock at night. Yeah, I think there's two screenings just now, isn't it? Like, like half eleven in the morning and nine o'clock oh, at night. Yeah, and it's a shame because I think films like this don't need sheltered from exposure. No. They, they need that exposure. Um and yeah, people aren't going as much in cinemas, they're a bit kind of scared to take a chance, but You've got all this spare screen space just now. Aye. Take your fucking chance. And putting it on at nine o'clock at night doesn't do it because that's that's an effort to get. I know it's night. I know we're not yeah. talking, but nine o'clock nights, and especially on a still night, it's, it's a fucking effort uh, to get out with. You know, we're, we're all adults. We've got uh, fucking jobs and stuff. You know, we've got a life to get on as well. Um, but you know, Cineworld, World, have they've bought the rights to view this film. It doesn't yes. matter when or how many times they show it. They've got it for X amount of time, and they can show it. So you know. Fucking sure, yeah. Because there's not, there's nothing just now. Even like Snake Eyes, um, uh-huh. it, it's it's not taking up a lot of screens. I don't think they'd lose any. But if they put Snake Eyes on four times rather than seven, and put on this three times rather than two times, they would lose any business. Yeah, I think if absolutely. you want to go and see Snake Eyes, it's not the fact that Snake Eyes is on. You know, you'll go and see it if you want to go and see it. You know. It's, it's, it's with people with this, um, you know, horrible disease doing their injuries now. It's a perfect time for sinners to, to grow up here and do something different, you know. Be I mean, when I went to see Snake Eyes on um, Wednesday uh-huh. um, at half six, yeah. which is by, normally by pretty, any yeah. normally pretend there was, I would say, quarter full cinema. Right. Do you know what I mean? Well, we we and, saw reminiscence, and I swear to God, it was only two full cinema. Exactly. So, you know, take these, you know, these wee films and, you know, expose them. Give them, a, give them an audience. Yeah. Exactly. You're not going to lose anything. You've bought, you, you paid the money for it. You yeah. know, you're, you're already losing money. Why not have, you know, four screens of Snake Eyes that are that are half full rather than yeah. seven that are quarter full? Uh-huh. And then have three screens of this sensor film that might all be full because I imagine, because I imagine it would be busy because people who, even if you want to put in a small screen, fine with that. You people get, get it out of people to see. Yeah, and even pick up, you know, a dozen extra bodies. Yeah. That's a dozen bodies that will potentially, the next time that director runs out of film, 
they'll tell their pals and you'll have two dozen bodies. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just, it's a real wasted opportunity and cinemas are just, I, I, I kind of get that about business, but you know, it, it's almost like, you know, you've got this opportunity to, to take that chance, to take that risk. Go, I think we're at, I think we're at a weird them. point right now, cinemas and streaming, you know, like as if they don't really know, and studios don't really know what they're doing right now. They're still yeah. trying to eke it out, you know, like, you probably mentioned last week, how many times have you seen that Bond trailer now? Yeah, oh, Jesus, I, I, I think I've seen the film, that's it, you know, it's starting yeah. to feel like that, I've, I've so, seen this film already. You know, they, they don't even know, they're, they're, they're saying now, like, I guess November 1st or something that's due out, possibly, something like that, I can't remember exactly, mm. something that's due out, but... Mm-hmm. They, they haven't. I don't think they hope that might come out. You know, and it's sort of they don't really know what they're doing yet. The film, you know, and stuff like that. So I think they're still we're still in a kind of weird place just now. And um, it's silly because you know they're, they're riding on Bond being huge. You know, this massive drawing the audience back in, and you know, something like Snake Eyes is. I think it was. I'm going to four figures out here. 180 billion to make, and 80. I think so far it's grossed 80. 80 yeah. So. Eight million. So I think it might also be on HBO on demand in America. Right. So I think right, it's, right. it's got the jewelry. So, I think. Yeah, but it's been, you know it's still falling short. And oh yeah, you know Bond is you know you, you are just putting so much pressure on this one film that you're almost setting it up to fail. Um, which that is, said, anyone who I know who's not anyone who I know who's not really into film and you know I'm into film. The first question they'll ask me is when's Bond out. So I think yeah. even like sort of the non-film goer who doesn't only see the Bond has got more for them than yeah. you know censor obviously, but Bond is yeah. something that might draw people out. Yeah, you know, hopefully. Yeah. But anyway, man, but it's, it's just a, sorry, sorry, censor uh, out of ten. But did you give it eight, eight out of ten? Eight. eight out of ten. Cool. Yeah, yeah that, that that's us. I, I want to see um, a censor going to the streaming. That that's where it's got to go next. Amazon. Is, no, is you're on streaming? Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking out for that. Um, yeah. you know, I'm really, really wanting to see this film. If I do get the chance at all to see it in the cinema, I will. I don't know if they maybe jiggle the times a wee bit, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Definitely. Um, what's out next week, sir? Next week with some interesting stuff. We've got the much awaited and much delayed remake of Candyman. I'm confused by this film. Okay. So um You've seen the trailer? Oh, there's two or three trailers out for it? I haven't seen a trailer for it yet, no. Oh, okay, you've seen the original Candyman? Yes. You've so on Netflix understand? right now, Barry, if you want to watch it again. I've seen it so many times. Um, okay. I've not seen Feral of Flesh, the second one, but I have seen Candyman Woods. Um, okay. I'm still kind of I'm still kind of scared to do it in front of the mirror. Always well, that's, the marketing years. campaign has been like, they put like sort of stickers in the mirror saying like Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. Going, I'm not fucking saying that. I'm not going to get and I'm the most level-headed person yeah. you can get. I'm, like, I'm not going to know. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if it is real. Um, I'm, not, I'm not risking it. That's for damn sure. <laughs> just in case, don't want Tony Todd coming fucking ripping my ass. Tony Todd with bees, goddammit, coming after me. <laughs> Which is my point. Um, uh. There is no film. We know why the bees are in it. Yes. In this film, right. So they, they start out the trailer by going, yeah, Candyman. Why is he called Candyman? Because he puts razors and candy and gives it to kids uh-huh. and then they, they enter the interspeed and v, bees throughout the trailer and i'm like hold on a fucking minute are you just taking the bees from candy man and throwing it in there for no reason other than candy man has bees i think do you know do that, but... and i'm like don't fucking do that man you know don't, don't have you know it's candy man because of these fucking sweets that rip kids apart but you know there's a bee fuck yous man if they do that shit i'm gonna be zero fucking out of zero <laughs> are you a fan of the original candy man are you a big fan of it oh, 
I enjoyed it a lot, yeah. Lot, yeah. Um, Virginia Madison gives me, makes my head do funny yeah, things. Um, oh, yeah, and a big, crazy, nuts kind of way, man. Like, I, God, she, she stole my heart. Um, Tony Todd was, Tony, Tony Todd was and still is, you know. The candy um, man. And everything, everything he does, he's Tony Todd. You know, Tony's, okay. Tony's got the mind. But yeah, I was a huge fan of, of the original film. Um, so I'm intrigued to see this one. But I do have concerns that they're just lifting elements of Candyman because we know who it is, but there's no correlation to the movie they've made about Candyman. I think it's that worrying. worrying. There is, there's not been many good reboots or remakes of the horror films that we've enjoyed. Oh, Jesus, there's not, has there? No, no. so that, that, that is a concern. But we live in hope. Um, yeah, absolutely. Also, we've got a film called Our Ladies, which looks very sweet and cute and very Scottish, which I'm actually looking forward to. What's this about? It's basically like four kind of like public school girls go have, or pra- public school girls go to Edinburgh for like a competition and they go a bit nuts on the off the rails in Edinburgh for a, an evening and find life and love and who they are. It looks it looks very heartwarming. Okay, you big sucker. Yeah, I'm a big sucker. <laughs> uh, well, no, there's not much else out to be honest because um, the decks are getting cleared by Friday for um, Shang Chi. That, that's out. That's oh. out. So, so this is just sort of clearing the decks before then. I think so. Um, We'll talk about Shang-Chi the week after because we won't yeah. get a chance to see it. Yeah. What's this um, big in Japan film? What, what's that? This is very intriguing. It's, I've not seen the TV show it's based on. Um, it's basically about a sort of a couple of guys like sort of living in a the, council estate who have a DJ thing and it becomes yeah. big. And then because basically... one of their songs becomes an advert in Japan and I've heard the guy who, who, who's, who I'm not remembering right now who's very, sounded very funny on interviews I haven't seen the show, so I don't really know how much I get from the film. So I might try and watch some of the show first and see if, if I get a chance to go and see the film. Well, and um, because okay. no one's none of the reviews have said to me so far that even if you've not seen the film, the show you'll still enjoy it. It's, right. too, it's not right. like it's not like Shaun the Dead in Space, where well, I think I done that way. Um, what was what's the the TV down and out? No, um, Danny, what's his face that hangs about with Seth Rogen and all that shit? Danny, 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 Danny Bright. Yeah, what's the TV show? Entourage. I went, I seen the Entourage movie. Yes, I didn't get it. And I had never seen the show. And yeah, yeah I, I mean, obviously, they, they've got to kind of give you enough that you kind of oh. can follow the, the, you know, the, the top plot. But yeah, there was stuff in that. And I was like, I, would it, why? What does why this mean? This? I, I don't understand the reference. Um, yes. So, uh, yeah, so you think it could be like that then? Possibly. possibly. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's, I think yeah. it's doing big business because we were, we were seeing them on Monday. The cinema was busy-ish, because every, but everyone was going to see that one film. Yeah. No one was going to see anything else. They were all going to see that film. It seems to have a, yeah. it's, it's got an, it's got an audience of, I'm assuming, or I think it's, I don't know, I, I don't want to be to say what nationality the people are in. It's sort of like the idea, I think maybe possibly Indian, I think is maybe sort of what it's aiming yeah. at. It, yeah, so, Indonesian, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's the people of, of that culture who live in Britain and sort of the, the family who spawned from that in Britain. They latching onto it in a big way because they go, right, I recognize myself in that, I recognize family in that. So that's been a big push for people going to see that compared to like sort of maybe for us, it might go, I don't get the I don't get the joke in the reference. Yeah, it's, it's not, which is it, nothing wrong with that. It's been getting good reviews as well, right? I've well, heard reviews I, I, on it, and the reviews for it seem pretty solid. But again, there is that, yeah, the reviews are the only relevant if you understand. Yeah, you know, so, well, like, I've had this discussion with people who people who didn't like people from different countries who didn't like Sunshine on Leaf, mm. and I love that film. And it's like because it's it feels exceptionally Scottish. It feels like it's very much our film. And yeah. if if you don't have a 
an emotional connection to it, and you don't understand, and you maybe don't quite get it. Like something like Gregory's Girl as well, or yeah, you know, yeah. things like that. You know, you, you, you've got to have some sort of connection to it that actually makes it feel real to you. Um, other than that, there's not much else out, so maybe try and find something on Netflix of interest. Um, yeah, because. I was hoping Gunpowder yeah. Milkshake might be out this week, but it's not out the week after, I think, so I want to see that. So. I'm looking forward to that as well. Yes, Dana Hedy and, and Gillian um, is going to be going to be amazing, yeah. um, so that'll be fun. What I did see just quickly before we, we finally wrap up is um, a trailer in the Night House before it started was for the new Jackass movie. See, this is weird. I am... Wow, I'm, I'm, into, um, Jack- I'm into Jackass movies. I'm because... the same. I love Jackass, but, you know, these guys are my age. I, I know. I do have this real is, genuine concerns right now. They're going this, to kill. Yeah, the, 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 I'm worried. That, yeah, and just even just from the trailer, you're like, fucking don't yeah. do it. You know, I'm yeah, I, I'm fearing. You never did before. You always knew before. You know, yeah, they're, they're crazy. They'll get hurt, but there was never the uh, sense that they're really going to get hurt. But now you're like, shit. You, well, you know, I remember going to see that don't... film, um, Class Action Park, the one with John Hoffman, mm, the theme park, and I watched it and felt. And I felt genuinely upset watching John Hill. I felt like I think he's hurting himself now as opposed to being yeah. It felt yeah. like like watching your dad doing like, oh, that's a bit I'm not really yeah. doing as much. Because I'll say it like I I'm, I'm we all talk about how we come to like more kind of higher brow films, we try and be a bit more kind of classy. I've never laughed as much as I've laughed in my life watching a Jackass film in the cinema. Like I genuinely yeah. absolutely nearly wet myself. Because it's funny, but it's I mean so that, funny, again, yeah. these guys are like, you know, 50, 55, and yeah. you're like fucking hell. You know, like loads of cannons and, mm. you know, getting attacked by bulls and stuff. And I'm like, fuck me. Just, <laughs> do, do, you know what, do you know what? Do you know I'm like, stop. <laughs> do you know I, what I, mean? I do kind of want to go, I just, I don't want, I don't want Steve-O or I don't want uh, Johnny to die doing this. Yeah, just I, stop I, now. You know, you've nothing you to You're to stop we, now, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we know. We just, you're nuts. We get yeah. it. Right. Stop. Let's go. Tell me so, where to find us. <laughs> um, you can find us in the usual haunts. Uh, number three beers in the movie on Gmail. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Um, we're on Instagram. All the usual haunts. Um, so look us up. Let us know what you think. Um, do you like Richard's thoughts on, on censor? Is Colin too harsh on Henry Golden? Who knows? <laughs> tell, tell us what you think. Tell us. Um, I've been Colin. You've been Richard. And we have been. Three beers in a movie.